Sal Khan is not afraid to make mistakes in his popular teaching videos. In fact, he considers them a feature. I'll giggle every now and then because I make a mistake, which I think students say, okay, it's okay to make mistakes, and it's okay to giggle while, while doing mathematics. And it seems like a small thing, but what was the last time you've giggled you know, while, while doing a math problem? Sure, sure. He's the founder of Khan Academy, which has grown from something like a hobby where he recorded videos in his home walk-in closet to a thriving nonprofit with more than 20 million registered students. And those videos are now just one small piece of a mission to remake education. Hello, and welcome to the Chronicle of Higher Education's Relearning Podcast. I'm Jeff Young, an editor here. Many people think of Sal Khan as that educational video guy. And he has produced thousands of videos, but Khan Academy has grown now into a force. It has software that can quiz folks who've taken these videos. It has issued badges uh, to folks to prove that they've done it. And more importantly... Khan Academy represents a philosophy. Sal Khan is pushing this idea of mastery learning where students shouldn't move on to the next thing unless they really grasp the concepts that have come before, especially in areas like math, the idea that he's trying to patch over a educational system he sees as flawed and moving people through too quickly. I sat down with Sal Khan just after his recent talk at South by Southwest EDU in Austin to talk about his vision and about what he thinks the university of the future should look like. We'll have that interview right after this. Don't miss the latest stories and analysis about the future of education from the ReLearning Project. Sign up for the weekly newsletter at chronicle.com slash relearning. Sal Khan came to education as an outsider. He spent most of his career, in fact, as a financial analyst at a hedge fund. He made his first teaching videos to help his cousins with their math homework, so he sort of stumbled into all this. And those are just essentially him narrating as viewers see him working out problems on a, on a whiteboard or drawing sketches. As he added more videos, he eventually decided to turn it into a nonprofit, and it came to the attention of Bill Gates, who became a backer. Anyway, the materials, the vibe feels very different than anything students typically see in a classroom. They're, they're more informal and often irreverent. Some detractors online have even complained that, that these videos aren't formal enough in, or careful enough in their presentation. And yet, at Salcon's talk at South by Southwest EDU, he, he said he aspired to make Khan Academy a world-class institution. How does he square those two things? Maybe when a lot of people think world-class, they think of, you know, bronze-plated pillars and, you know, and kind of a very stoic type of style and all of that. When we say world-class, we just mean it should be the best in the world. It should be the best that students get access to. And, you know, the style that I started off with, and this will, you know, as, as we bring other people on the Khan Academy, they all have their own style, but it is one of enjoying the material of, I, you know, when I make a video, I genuinely am enjoying, I'm genuinely, my sense of wonder is engaged. Um, I, 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 I'll giggle every now and then because I make a mistake, which I think students say, okay, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to giggle while while doing mathematics. And it seems like a small thing, but what was the last time you've giggled you know, while, while doing a math problem? Sure, sure. Um, and I think one thing that I hold very dear is, you know, even when I was starting with my cousins 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now, wow. a lot of them were A students, but they had these like fundamental gaps in their knowledge. Right. And so for them, math and science and actually most things were these disjointed formulas that they never saw the connection between. And what allowed me to do well in math through high school and college and beyond was that, and even to be able to still remember all my math when I'm in my 30s and now soon to be 40s, is that it was very intuitive. They, it all kind of connected. 
And so what I initially wanted to give my cousins is that connection. Like you don't have to memorize that other formula. That's just a rearrangement of that thing that you learned before. And even that you don't have to memorize. That comes out of common sense. And so there's that thread throughout Khan Academy. And I think that's what a lot of students enjoy. That, okay, this isn't magic formulas coming out of it out of anywhere. This is this is about really understanding what we're doing, really understanding what this math or the science has to say about the universe. I mean sometimes I have moments in videos where I'm I'm just in awe. <laughs> I'm just in awe of of what we've just observed or learned about. Um, and I think it's that, you know, just being in the same room or in the same video with someone who's literally in awe and you can't fake that. Um, I think hopefully inspires students too. One of the most intriguing things Sal Khan has done recently is set up a brick-and-mortar school. That's a far cry from making videos. It's called the Khan Lab School. So far it serves only kindergarten through eighth grade. Sal Khan actually sends one of his own kids there. But it made me wonder, if he started a college, what would that look like? I'd start a college, um, and I, I would have to say in full disclosure, I've had some of these conversations. There are some people who are interested. So, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd make a college that is focuses on some really uh, high need areas in the world today. Um, you know, you could talk about tech, you could talk about finance, you could talk about design. And when I say that, people might immediately start to say, okay, this is going to be some type of a vocational school, very narrow, not make it kind of the worldly type of students that we want. But you imagine bringing, say you start a school like this in Silicon Valley. The students have all of the good things that we all remember about college. They have the quad, the dorms, the student centers, the clubs. They have seminars about everything that is intellectually interesting. Uh, philosophy, great literature. It's, it's all fair game. But a lot of their time, their days, are not spent in these 300-person lecture halls taking notes, trying to take exams on things that will have very little relevance to what they will eventually do, or even if it does, they'll forget. Instead, they should be out in the field doing things. And that, that doing things, it could be interning at a Google or a Khan Academy. It could be uh, doing research at a local, it could be at another university or at a, or at a, 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 a pharma company. It could be uh, working with a tech incubator or a business incubator and trying to start or innovate something new. It could be getting mentored by a great writer, uh, kind of in an apprentice system, and you're trying to learn how to write similar types of Sure. novels or, or an apprentice painter or artist, whatever it is. And so you do that, not necessarily for four years. I always joke this four-year time bound is a pretty arbitrary thing. It's like someone decided, okay, we're going to stay, keep them here for four years. Let's, how, let's see how we can fill it up, regardless of whether you're a computer science major or you are an art history major. And I think what, the, what these students graduate with, what they do in this environment, is yes, they could take some exams that show their competency and certain core skills. That will be done at the student's own time and pace. They say, hey, you know what? I know signal processing good enough to take that exam. I'm, they're they're going to administer that exam in a month. I'm going to take it then. But the core of what they do is they create their portfolios. Yep. They create their portfolios not just in their specialty, which if it's in software, it might be created writing software programs or robotics. But it, it's it's well beyond their specialty. Their, their portfolio of writing, their portfolio of creative art projects, their portfolio of, of speeches they've given. And so when you graduate, instead of saying that, hey, I have a magna cum laude GPA from blah, 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 this major, you'll say, hey, here's my portfolio. Mm -hmm. And your portfolio is going to be one-third just a really well-curated things that you're most pure, uh, proud of. There will be some assessment of what, what, are the what are the academic concepts that you've truly mastered. Sure. And then there'll be some narrative, some peer feedback from the people that you have worked with, from your professors, from the other students, 
some of it might be commentary on your narrative, on your portfolios, but a lot of it could be commentary on what, what was it like to work with this person. On our scale of 1 to 10, how serious do you think it's possible that you might do something like that someday? I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I think one of these universities are going to exist in the next 10 years. Did you hear there's this MIT dean, I know you went to MIT. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know her, yes. Oh, Christine Ortiz. She's starting a, she's starting a, a new university. Um, and, you know, I personally think that this university, in order for it to not just be a one-off kind of quirky college, I think it has to be so compelling yeah. that it is taking students from Harvard. It is taking students from MIT. That the value proposition has to be... And, 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 and when I say that, it isn't just so that this thing only serves a small number of elite students. Because if it can take... If the model can pull students from schools that have these incredible brands and reputations and multi-year, hundred-year histories and, and, and kind of networks and all of that, if you can, then it sends a shockwave through the entire system that this is the model that we should try to emulate. Why do you think it's going to take a shockwave for that to happen if you think some of these changes are, you know, when you listen to your presentations, often you have this sort of common sense kind of um, tone here. Why do you think traditional colleges aren't going ahead and doing this? Well, you know, um, there's just a, there's tradition. There's the ways things that have always been done. And I think universities are infamous. Uh, you know, they joke that, you know, they have, we have 2,000 CEOs. That was, some of the beauty of a university is that every professor is given a lot of autonomy mm -hmm. over what he or she does. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's also what it makes it very hard for even a very forward-thinking, you know, president to change courses. Um, and I think the, the place, the best way to, for change to happen is for strong catalysts from the outside. And if, if some of these students, start, some of these universities start saying, we just, we're losing some great students to that thing over there. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that thing over there, since those students are interning and they're out in the real world and, and they're, they're actually not ending up with debt, they're ending up with savings. Do you worry about a future in which just, you know, there's this book that came out about the, the history of the cubicle, which mm. it seems kind of <laughs> random, right? But it, it, the history was this utopian vision of like every, every person would get their own personal, mm. they would be able to make it their own. And it was this beautiful artistic idea. But the way it was implemented by companies was to make it standardized mm -hmm. and make every cubicle identical. Do you ever worry that by this beautiful resource you've created with well-intentioned, could lead to a world in which, world-class as it may be, that might be the only thing a lot of people end up getting, or that kind of style of education of very, maybe very good, but interactive software and videos versus an elite who get the in-person, and, and that it almost might exacerbate a, a trend that's not your fault, but that, that is in the world beyond your control. You know, that in theory is possible, but everything we talk about is the exact opposite. Whenever we talk, I mean, in my book, One World Schoolhouse, when I talk about what a school of the future is or a university of the future, I talk about, you know, large open spaces, potentially even outside, where students are working with each other. Even if they're working on Khan Academy, Khan Academy is facilitating them to help each other. When they're not work, doing their core skills on something like Khan Academy, they're doing big open-ended projects. They're outside for significant parts of the day. And that's actually one of our core design principles. They're building these social-emotional skills. The lab school that we've created, you know, a lot of people think, oh, Khan Academy, Khan Lab School, it's going to be this, you know, kids on the computer. Yeah, they use computers, but these kids are, I would put this school against almost any other school in terms of how much interactivity they're getting with other human beings, in terms of how much time they get outside, in terms of how much time they get to be creative and take ownership over what they want to learn. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate how you know, good intentions can go wrong. But our view on what schools should look like are 
virtual are that's a tool and it can it, it can do great things to personalize and whatever else but the real beauty is how do we leverage those tools to get humans to interact with each other more and give them flexibility to do more interesting things get off you know the the, the school should just be their base get out of there go on field trips visit the beach have class on beach do Khan Academy on the beach you know visit the museum go do some research whatever else it might be do you ever get it? Do you ever think like, "What have I done?" Like, this this is a big, big yeah, responsibility no, you've created yeah, from yeah. your. It's it's it hits you every now and then. <laughs> well, well, I, you uh, just can't screw up. That's our, you know, all of this stuff. It's good. I mean, you know, we're 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 doing it, but there's so like the net last five years have been important. You know, I I, I tell the team all to Khan Academy 1.0 was me in the closet for five years. Khan Academy 2.0 was the last five years where we're a real organization. We're doing real things now. Some of it already very substantive, but then the next five years is our chance to like, you know, I, I would hope in 2025 people will be like, yeah, Khan Academy, that's a major institution. Like, what would the world like be like without it? Like, that's, you know, that's the kind of the, the aspiration, but we'll see. If he's right that it'll take new outside players coming in and showing a new way of doing things in education, then Sal Khan and his Khan Academy have become one of those disrupting outside forces. And as we'll learn in future episodes of this podcast, he's inspired others, both to use Khan Academy videos in their classrooms and even to launch their own upstart efforts. This has been the Relearning Podcast. This is our very first episode, and it's an experiment, so we're really looking for your feedback. If you like this and wanted to continue, please review us on iTunes and subscribe, either there or on your podcaster of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at relearningedu or like us on Facebook. Today's show was produced by me, Jeff Young. Our theme music was by Jason Cadell. We'll be back next week with more stories and analysis about the new learning landscape.